between the time when the oceans drank Atlantis and the rise of the sons of Arius, there was an age undreamed of. And unto this mass movement, destined to bear the jeweled crown of geekdom upon its troubled brow, it is we, mass movement's chroniclers, who alone can tell thee of its saga. Let us tell you of the days of geek adventure. Episode 16 of Mass Movement Presents, sponsored by Engineer Records. As always, to the geographical left of me at the moment is Tim, the make peace to my Dempsey. I'm sexier than you, sunshine. <laughs> uh, as ever, we trolled back through Geekdom and Beyond, bringing in a pack to the Raptors show. Uh, amongst other things, we'll be looking, we're talking about the Clone Wars finale, the legacy of the Star Wars prequel trilogy, uh, prop culture on Disney Plus, uh, interview with the awesome Ash Return a band that we've hyped heavily on Mass Movement, and quite rightly so, and we'll be giving you our take on new records by Sixteen and Chromags, as well as spinning a few new tunes in between. Before we get to that, though, Tim, he's mad as hell, and he's not going to take it anymore. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! That's still about bloody social distancing, mate. It's still the same. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Is it? Nobody's learning. Well, today, right, so I'll go out for a walk on a Sunday, and I figure... Just they're using it for their own ends, and that's what's driving me nuts. It's 
the whole thing's bloody mess, mate. It's just yeah. insane. They're all going, oh, well, it's Chinese. It's, no, it's just a virus that's spread because people can't behave themselves. Yeah, exactly. And then everybody's suddenly an expert on it. Everybody's suddenly an expert on politics. I'm not an expert on the virus. I'm not an expert on politics. I'm just following, you know, medical guidelines and doing it, what I can. Exactly, yeah. And that's all we can do, really, so. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. It's insane. On a lot. That's what's keeping us uh, mad as hell this week. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! It's really depressing, I want to depress him when he's the show. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's pick it up a bit, shall we? Alright then, let's... I'll tell you what, who are your five favourite breweries at the moment? Uh, okay, so I'm going to go with my, my top two, the Tiny Rebel. Right, but we're taking a lot more in, in quality, because there's not a lot else to do. So. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> So you have nice beer, so who are your favourite breweries? Uh, I go to Tony Rebel. Um, I've right. got 11M at the moment, and bang on. Two local breweries who are absolutely kicking ass. Uh, as far yeah, as, I'm, I mean, local as far as South Wales for us. Yeah. They're both kicking ass at the moment. Uh, I go old school, I love Brew, brew Dog. Still love Brew Dog. Um, right. There's one called Polly's Brew, I like. Uh, they okay. Did, they did a collab. Um, I think they're from North Wales. They did a collab with Tony Rebel. Which first popped okay. up to them? I, I can't think of this, bloody hell. Oh, some of the cider farms, some of the ones we went to last year. Oh, mate, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't think of them. If you've got cider, if you've got cider product, yeah, like the Williams Brothers from Swansea, where I believe, they're making some incredible cider. They really are. It's really well balanced, really nice cider. Very um, refreshing. And it makes it, it's not more than I've got time to have some good, like. Williams Brothers, was it? Yeah, yeah, Williams Brothers. Yeah. What's Swansea? Okay. I think Swansea, where, um, Swansea, some of that. I think it's some of that. I, my knowledge of their geographical location at the moment is not exactly up to scratch, like. <laughs> but they still right, delivering yeah. them during lockdown, or? Well, Bang on are delivering stuff from them. So, but, I mean, if you give Neil a ring, he's got a bunch of Williams Brothers cider, so he'll probably pick it up as far as you in Cardiff. Oh, okay, cool. If you get, give him a shout. But with me, see, I, my tiny level thing goes way, way back. Because they used to go to, they went to a business meeting with Adam's old firm years and years ago. And I had their business cards given to me, sample bottles, before they even started pumping stuff out. Yeah. So yeah, I go way back with them. Yeah, 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 I go way back with those guys. Um, drinking their beer at least. And I've got a mixed pack here and a 12 and 12 cans for when I feel like drinking it, which is not in the moment, because the hangover kicked into me. <laughs> well, I've been going through sort of, I've been getting some mixed packs, um, and I've got some cracking deals on at the moment. So I've been yeah, getting like yeah. the, um, the three packs, of, you know, three, four packs for, I think it's like 20 odd quid in some cases. Yeah. So I can, I've been going with Easy Living, uh, and the Cali Pale, and Club Tropicana. Um, I've also moved on okay. now. I, I think my favourite out of those is probably, probably Easy Living. Really like that, really smooth, uh, like session nail, you know? Yeah, it's, it's all like a little pinky out because you can't take the high, high APV, so you just like stick with I do it again, you usually live in jitty, like shit, 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 you know, at the moment there's nothing else to do, so yeah, afternoon drinking it is, you know? <laughs> For me, like, if I was going with five brews at the moment, 
Yeah. I'd always go with Richie from Pennsylvania because they do a beer called Golden Monkey. Well, yeah. And it's a Belgian triple. It's the first Belgian triple I've ever had. And it's like nine and a half percent. And oh, wow. it goes down. It goes down really easily. But it is absolutely lethal. And that is possibly my favourite beer of all time. And I had that in the Animal Kingdom. Surfed by a guy called Boston Bob.
little lady. Yes, lady, put that in my pocket and run away, you oh. <laughs> So, yeah, as long as it's not too weird, I'm alright I'm, I'm with that. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, yeah, yeah. And she's the Cornish cream tea thing, I said, you know, and that's the bit of the thing that's been wearing the Cornish cream tea, Cornish cream tea. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the weird fantasies about Bonnie Langford, it's the fact that you're craving a Cornish cream tea. <laughs> well, yes, but only in Bonnie Langford's company, I'm all by another definite cream tea. Yeah, I think we should. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's get away from Bonnie. Let's listen to um, uh, a new band from South Wales. They're called System of Slaves. This is called Chaos and Order, and it's from their new EP, which is out now on Bandcamp. Check them out. Roger from Agnostic Front, you're listening to Mass Movement Presents. I finished my green thing and I, I think we should move on to other exciting news, like the Clone Wars finale, which I haven't seen, but you have. Yeah, yeah. Finally, the Clone Wars um, finished. Uh, the finale was a couple yeah. of weeks ago now. Uh, it was it was everything I wanted it to be. I know you haven't fully checked out Clone Wars yet, have you? I haven't seen a single episode, mate. Right, here we go. <laughs> 
It's so, uh, I, wouldn't tell you, I, haven't, I haven't fully checked out what you mean, is haven't checked out at all. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to save you, save you an embarrassment, mate, but you know. Oh, I'm too old to be embarrassed, mate. <laughs> I don't care. It's such an excellent addition to the whole Star Wars universe. Right. Anyone looking for those you know, answers, those in-between bits, you know, the Clone Wars filled that out quite well. Obviously, right. the, the events take place between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Uh, so, oh, okay. so basically, it's, it's mainly the Revenge of the Sith timeline. And you get to see more of Anakin, you know, as, as he kind of uh, becomes Vader. You, you get to see that sort yeah. of, um, that, that, you know, that dark side of him come out more. It also, obviously, there was the return of Darth Maul in Clone Wars, which right. you know, I, I think was uh, somebody that's a bit, you know, criminally underrated with Star Wars, to be honest, but we'll come on to that later. But um, the finale, okay. yeah, it was uh, everything I wanted to be. Um, it answered every question. It left it open nicely. Uh, it was a bit of sort of a, a bit of a tearjerker. Uh, some old characters came back, and uh, it was brilliant. I'm just so I'm just glad. It was a nice, nice way to end the whole series. Anyone die? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, well, it, it sort of it, the ending of Clone Wars um, coincided with the end of Revenge of the Sith. So. Right. So basically, it's um, you're seeing the other, you're seeing another from you're seeing Revenge of the Sith from another perspective, if you like. Okay. No, you didn't do that. It was um, it was more to do with uh, Ahsoka Tano and her sort of journey with Anakin, and they very much right. sort of because obviously Anakin trained her, um, and it was more to do with that 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 journey than anything else. Okay. And obviously, it, you know, it all comes to a head, and like, as I say, it finished up with Revenge at the same time as Revenge of the Sith, so. Obviously, we know what happened there, and uh, you know Ahsoka kind of had to go into hiding, you know. So her, right. so her story is not over yet. I mean, the, the rumor is she's going to end up in Mandalorian at some point. Um, yeah, it's not a rumor; she's been cast. Yeah. Okay. So I heard Rosario Dawson. Is that correct? Is that what you heard? Yeah, this was uh, yeah, this was Rosario Dawson. Yeah. Fantastic. I, can't, I couldn't think of anybody more perfect to do it. <laughs> so you would get the hand lotion out too, and you wish Rosario Dawson appeared on the Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love Rosario though. She's brilliant. Oh, oh, oh yes. Yes. Yeah. She's going to be wife number seven. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, Clone Wars. Uh, it's all done. I said I'm, I'm over the moon with it, and you need to catch up. Well, well, I, 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 I should endeavour to do something, boss. I should endeavour to do something. Yeah, I've just sent you some homework. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even saucy homework. I'm, I'm rejecting, objecting to this most. Let's go on to um, some Star Wars you are familiar with, the prequel trilogy. Yeah. It's kind of, with everything on Disney Plus now, and with, you know, we know the Skywalker saga is wrapped up, people have been yeah. taking another look at the prequels. Yeah. Uh, I was just sort of thought it'd be interesting to see, to do like a, you know, so how many years on is this? I mean, it's nearly 20 years. Oh, it's got to be 20 years since Phantom Menace, nearly. So it'd be interesting to sort of see how it's 23. Like... 23 since Phantom Menace, which was in 97. Is it really? God, I thought it was 99. Yeah, isn't it? Wow, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it'd be interesting to see... It's still sight. <laughs> so, but there must be elements you like about it. Is there anything you like about Phantom Menace? Uh... Darth Maul? Uh, the light tube at the end? Yeah. That's on it. So the Qui Gon, Darth Maul, Obi Wan. Um, yeah. Fight, okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I remember the moment George Lucas left me, and it wasn't with Jar Jar Binks. No. 
it was with Anakin going, Yippee! <laughs> yeah. Oh, right, and yeah. At that moment, my heart just sank, and I just thought, no. Oh, George. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Oh, George, run along, George. Cause I was like, oh, George, no. And all that gaffling gaff about trade delegations. I object to this. I don't know why I object. I object. No, I object. Oh, you're blocking yeah, the Yeah, oh. Oh, I think he tried to cover too back. much ground. He tried to make it sort of kid-friendly, as all the Star Wars movies are. Um, yeah. But appeal to adults as well. But he just went really overboard, and he, did, he ended up sort of didn't didn't appeal to anybody. Look, he, he can't like space opera, but he can't like space opera, and that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. He's trying to write something massive, something much bigger than it should be. Yeah. And that's why. Star Wars originally went to so many rewrites because he was trying to make it something much larger than it was. And it didn't, doesn't need to be much larger than it was. It should be intimate looks at a much larger thing. So you look at it from a very personal perspective. So you see smaller stories like Han, Luke, and Leia on the Empire, but with the Death Star. And you know, seeing the impact of the Empire fighting against the rebellion has on those principal characters in Empire Strikes Back. Seeing those principal characters becoming involved in the battle for Joe Mathieu's the Empire in Return of the Jedi. It's all about the small things, not this massive, overwhelming picture that he's trying to paint in the prequels. Yeah, yeah, I agree, yeah. So let's move on to um, Attack of the Clones. Uh, right. Do yeah. I mean, we have to? I know, this is where he, he really lost me. The, me the meadow scene where uh, Anakin and Padme are sort of romping around oh, the meadow. Oh, good lord. I struggle to find good bits in that. You know, it was not nice to yeah. see young Boba Fett. That was, you know, that was that was a real cool bit. I did like the end, the end scene where sort of Palpatine, not Palpatine, he's uh, yeah, Palpatine is um, looking yeah. o looking over all the clone troopers, and he got that smile, that knowing smile about what's going to happen, you know. Uh, but everybody else yeah. is completely unaware at that point. Yeah, but it's just so long-winded and just like there's no. There's no soul to it. There's no character. No. It just feels like exposition endlessly handed to you without any heart. Yeah, yeah. It's cold. There's no. There's no emotive connection. There's no. There's no emotional resonance. There's nothing for you to actually seize onto and grasp or hold of as an audience. What about Yoda fighting? I mean, that was something uh, in the hype. You know, we were, it was like, oh, we're going to see Yoda, and you see why he's the best Jedi, the greatest Jedi ever. Uh, what did you make of Yoda I, I, fighting? I'm going to quote Bernard Herzog here, okay? Mm. Keep it as a fucking puppet. Yoda should just be a puppet. Not CG. Same as, same as, the, uh, as the child, same as Baby Yoda. Keep it as a puppet. Yes, yeah, I agree. It overexposed Yoda and sort of... Oh, it was a bit cl clumsy, really. And he came across as annoying, like an annoying little Don't fly who could have swatted away. Absolutely, just no, no. <laughs> okay, let's move on to Revenge of the Sith then, the third in the trilogy. Uh, yeah. Is anything? Did you like? Did you like it at all? Um. But so, 
a lot darker. Yeah. I like um, the fact that all the watches number was put into effect. All the 66. All the 66 put into effect. Yeah. The showdown between Anakin and Obi-Wan. Yeah. Right? So I'm thinking, this has got a really good ending. Right up until... No! Yeah. I don't know what he was trying to achieve with that. I know he was sort of... He shouldn't have had Hayden Christensen in the suit either. Don't think? No, because Hayden, won, um, when I think of Vader next to um, next to the Emperor, I think of Dave Prowse. I think of Dave Prowse. Dave Prowse was like six four or something, wasn't he? Uh, stood next yeah. to the Emperor, and like you know, he was a big, imposing look. But Hayden Christensen, when he stood up and you know he bust out with his shackles, and he shouted, "No!" He looked like he looked like a whiny boy in a Vader suit. <laughs> well, that's essentially what he was. But yeah, yeah I know what you mean with him. Vegas should have been a lot bigger and a lot more imposing. Yeah. And they should have done it through false perspective. But I guess by that point, Lucas was like, oh, I've had enough of this shit. So let's fucking. Let's just end it. Keep my nails ending. You know? And the president. He doesn't really. He doesn't really come over turning to Star Wars. He does like the TV shows like Clone Wars and all that kind of stuff. And he works out with Dave Filoni. But he doesn't think about turning, returning to the cinematic universe and all until he actually sells. Hello everybody, this is Igor Cavalera from Pepbrick, Cavalera Conspiracy, and you guys are listening to Mass Movement Podcast. However, Treadstone was quite good, did you see that? Yeah, no, I haven't, no. So this is um, Treadstone, this is, um, so it's based in the Bourne world, yeah? Bourne yeah. identity world, yeah? Yeah, so it's done all that. And um, so it's on Amazon Prime, I believe. Okay. Like 10 episodes, and it's hampered a little bit budget, which you can tell in places. Right. But it's a good story. Uh, it's left on a fantastic cliffhanger at the end of the series. Right. Presumably the series too. Plenty of action. And yeah, you know, I was, I was quite impressed. I mean, hopefully the budget will increase the series too so they can have some more, you know, high-speed car chases and speeding up the film on car chases on Paris in which they used a couple of bloody Peugeots. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I, I love the one identity. It's very, it's very What's that? I love the one identity. But so what was the, um, what's the connection there with Treadstone? Some program kicking off again and being used for nefarious purposes by the CIA and other corporations. Yeah. Um, and there's like an underlying thing about the rogue nuclear weapon being sold to North Korea. So, yeah, it's it's, it's definitely worth tuning in for. I mean, yeah, I don't think it'll be a cup of tea, but I really, really liked it. I thought, yes, I can get behind this. What a, let's go. <laughs> so, if you're a fan of the born identity, you're definitely going to dig it, yeah? Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. If, if you like the ball, Jason Paul films, you're going to love the series. Okay, I will cool. definitely recommend it. Yeah, yeah. So, another track there, brother? That's another one, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I've got... This is from Engineer Records. It's off the Engineer 50 compilation. There's uh, a band called Winter okay. in June. Winter in June, Nicole. And this is called A Heart Has Reasons.
is Barneyveer from Nate Farm Death. And through my many years of association, you're listening to Mass Movement. Okay, yeah, that was Winter in June, but the heart has no reasons. Why have you been watching Smash Disney Plus? I know you've been watching Disney Plus, Tim. What have you been watching? Right, so I've been watching the Machineering, the Machineering story. Yeah, man. Which is. Uh, all I want to do now is be the Machineer. That's all I want to do. Yeah. You know? I mean, write, obviously, and write more books and stuff, but I have the chance to be the Machineer. Disney calls tomorrow, I'd be on the next plane, I'd be gone. No problem at all. Don't be the Machineer. Oh, don't be the Machineer. Which one was? I want to have a look at the volume. Why don't you look at the volume? Because I might be Gina Carana. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, that's the goal. <laughs> oh, that is one of my biggest goals. You know, bucket list, number three on the list. Meet you, the Carano, get it on. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine your story. Uh, yes, it's lovely, isn't it? It's, it, it? You know, it takes you behind the scenes um, at Disney, you know, how it came together back in the day, how it's still coming together now, and how it's sort of flowed, and how it's evolved as well. Um, it's the complete it's, story, it's isn't it? Disney, it's basically the history of Disney Parks, you know, um, from the inception of Disneyland all the way through to construction of, you know, Hong Kong Disney and, and, and Shanghai, Disney Shanghai, and it's just incredible. The detail is wonderful. Yeah, it really is. When yeah. it's talking, what's that? Yeah, it really is. Yeah. The, as you say, the detail, it's, um, I mean, Walt was so sort of, they could have like just sort of slacked off when Walt died. But they they, yeah. they kept it they kept it true to his spirit, didn't they? Oh, well, they kept it. It's everything that Walt should be. Whatever Walt even more like it's just it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just amazing. And you know, I just like the way they got into great detail about all the projects and all the sort of little sort of attractions that kept the parks as they should be. It's just yeah, it's my kind of show. It's, it's yeah, it's it's, it's when them. You know, when, when he was building the parks and all, when he was still alive, when he was building the park, um, it's just the little details and the little nuances he, he goes into, you know, just to make it that little yeah. extra bit special. Most most companies, most people wouldn't even think, you know, they wouldn't, oh, you know, why bother with that? Right. It's those little details that make make it everything, you know. Yeah, but, but yeah, but you've been there, right? Same as I have. Right? You've yeah. walked into like Disney World and you felt that magic. You felt that. I belong here, this is where I should be. Yeah. This is everything I could ever imagine it is, and, and more. You know, you never want to leave. You go there and you don't want to come home. Yeah. And it's all the little things that make it so special. It's not, they're elevated to a different level. It's yeah. Like attention to detail, it's the care, it's every single bit of the project. Yeah. And, and there's no sort of, there's no corner cutting at all. Um, no. It's either this or prop prop culture. One of the two things I was they were saying about um, they were some of the designers on one on one of the movies was given a job to design um, some clothing. I think it was in prop culture to be honest with you. But um, she said, right, okay, what's the budget? And Walt said, just should just do it. You know, there was there was no he just wanted the right job done. It didn't the money really didn't matter. No, it has to be done right, and that's that's one of the things I know. Sort of imagineering when they had when it came time to put the second gate at Disneyland and they did um, DCA the first time. Yeah. Because the suits in charge at the time limited the budget and wanted to make it much smaller, it just didn't find a home. Nobody wanted to be there. Yeah. yeah. Nobody cared. 
and it was a flop and it's the first Disney park because I flopped my lessons they learned from it they took away and it went back and they redesigned it and redesigned it and put more money into it making it the way it should have been in the first place yeah giving it Disney magic that's what yeah. it's not linked to a budget it's about using that imagination sensitive to imagineer to push things to a different level and push it I thought I thought the Hong Kong that park was especially um, a good story because they, the the Hong Kong people they they were like the Hong Kong you know um, officials they were sort of yeah. no we don't want a Hong Kong version of Disney we want Disney yeah. in Hong Kong yeah literally take the park yeah, and, and transfer it over well yeah but it's the fact that it was you know. All the land used for Hong Kong was reclaimed from the sea. Yeah, that's right. It's mental. It's, it's, it's all reclaimed land, and it's just no expense spared. It's just made perfect. And like, just think about it now. I'm just like, yeah, I just actually back in Florida. I just want to be there right now. Yeah, just, yeah. Just even thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. You know, to be sat in like the Polynesian village with a dog whip on one side and a beer on the other, mm-hmm. and like in the snack, and just looking out across the to the Magic Kingdom, that's... There's a particular smell and a particular feeling and a particular... When you walk, like you said earlier, about walking through the gates of... Uh, yeah. There's a, there's a particular feeling and a particular smell and it's just... Yeah. Such a wonderful place. For the best new bands punk and hardcore have to offer, look no further than Engineer Records, sponsors of Mass Movement Presents. Alright, keep it Disney for us. Let's go to pop culture, yeah. So to think. Love it. Uh, and again, anything that sort of goes into Disney history behind the scenes gives me some more insight into some of the, uh, my favourite movies I am um, all about. Um, and there were some great episodes. I love the Nightmare Before Christmas one. I think my favourite was yeah. Mary Poppins. <laughs> See, I love the Mary Poppins show, but I love, the film. I love Mary Poppins as a film. I, yeah. I'm not so much a fan of, of, of the sequel, but you know, that's by the by. Yeah. I guess. Well, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> so, yeah, pop culture. I know. So, yeah, well, pop culture, I just, I just love the way... Uh, whole show flowed the way it came together gave this one guy just go out and chase all these amazing artifacts and Disney films and all these sort of amazing props and finding them and just bringing them back together and just yeah I don't know it's for uh, nostalgia hounds I guess yeah pretty much perfect it's perfect yeah. view and it just makes you go you know what this is that guy's got such a cool job yeah I yeah. want that guy's job you know if I can't be an imagineer I'd like to be a big old fat prop collector <laughs> a big old fat prop collector <laughs> I'd like a big old I'd like a big old Hawaiian shirt I'd like that single hat I'd like to be that fat too and I would like to just you know turn around think my life would just revolve on hot dogs hamburgers and pops and <laughs> so which was your favourite episode though? Go. Mary Poppins right Mary Poppins one yeah 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 uh, no doubt yeah when uh, they reunited um, the girl, I forget her name. Uh, they reunited her with the coach. Yes, 
They were really with they were like reunited with a little coat and the hat. Oh. So you had the leaky eyes when that happened, didn't you? Oh yeah, big time, yeah. Because she was by the uh, the roundabout. Uh, sorry, the, the what's it called? The uh, the fairground ride that Walter bought because uh, he loved so much. Yeah. Uh, and she was well, talking uh, to Walt. She was talking to Walt, wasn't she? She was um, saying, "Oh, thank you, Walt," and it was that was so it was lovely. So the story is, you know, that, um, the that carousel. Carousel, yeah. Walt Disney used to give kids to, that inspired him to make it that, make it a reality because you know he saw how much fun his kids had with this carousel he wanted to make a family friendly park and that's kind of what he did that's I know right. everyone's going to say oh well it's more mercenary than that but you know yeah. give the dude credit not everything is mercenary and yes it's a money making venture but my god what a way to make money <laughs> he's got he's got a very um oh, maternal nurture, maternal nurturing sort of spirit about him doesn't he uh, he loved yeah, kids, and, and he just wanted to, you know, he wanted somewhere where families could go and enjoy um, being yeah. together. And that's, that, that's, that to me is one of the mass appeal to it. I mean, Disneyland is completely different in sort of the way it feels when you're there to Disney World. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I love Disneyland as well, but I am definitely an East Coaster rather than a West Coaster, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, yeah. I like the um, yeah. the Night Before Christmas episode as well, where um, I thought it was particularly, it was quite touching, where they reunited Chris Sarandon with um, right. the Jack figure, the original Jack, um, or one of the original Jack props, you know. And he was like, "Oh, hello, old buddy," you know. And it was like, <laughs> you, you realize how how sort of involved these people get in the movies, don't you? Yeah, I'll take it. Do you like all that pervy goth stuff, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> Do you not know what you like before Christmas? I've not seen it. Whoa! <laughs> I know. There you go. There's shock admission. I've not seen the Night Before Christmas. Wow. I don't, I don't well, think we can do I this mean, anymore. What? I don't think we can do this anymore. <laughs> I, can't, I can't talk to you no more. <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean, I am going to watch it. It's just one of those things that you... Just, when it hit similar, um, I was sort of not the age group it was sort of targeted towards, you know what I mean? That's very true, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm similar, yeah. Um, so, and I haven't had a chance to go back and watch it. So I'm now at Disney Plus and we're still in lockdown. Because we're still in lockdown in Wales, people believe it or not. We actually are for another three weeks at least. Yep. Um, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to sit down and actually watch the bloody thing. Do it, man. Awesome. I imagine I'm going to absolutely love it. Because, you know... Yeah. It's, it's, all, it's all the right ingredients. It's a, a classic. I, I'm I'm staggered by that admission. But, well, the thing is, like, we're talking about Karen Dutchess and, and the carousel. I just don't like the carousel over there. Yeah. She's, um... <sighs> how old does she know? She must be in her 70s? 60s, maybe. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, still getting a lollipop and ride the, ride the carousel, no problem whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tim, Tim, Tim. And with that, we'll move on. Actually, we're not going to move on too far, because we're going to move on to uh, the previously mentioned Mary Poppins Returns.
I've not seen it yet, so you can you can you can you can say whatever you want. I've not seen this yet. Don't. Yeah. 
from Acid Rain and you are listening to the Mass Movement Podcast because you're a sensible clever, smart individual. And we're back. So yeah, that was Hail Taxi Ryan right the Compass. Um, Zack Snyder is going to be releasing uh, yeah. his version of Justice League. I know. It's uh, kind of exciting, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, we, we, we've seen a picture of um, Darkseid already. Um, yeah. Which is quite interesting. So... Well, I just think it's because it's supposed to be four hours long, right? Wow. Like a four hour cut. 
Um, I'm, I was so disappointed in Justice League when I saw that in cinema. But anything that improves on that slightly is going to be aces in my book. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know it's supposed to be like the first act in a, in a trilogy mm. in Snyder's head. Um, and, I mean, after I said he started toning up for it, and Henry Cavill said he's happy to go back in and do more work on it. So, they were, they're both hideously annoyed with the way Justice League left their characters, I think. Um, and there's talk about Henry Cavill going back in making appearances in the DC Universe films, like the second Shazam film, the new Black Adam film. And there was a wild-ass rumour on the internet like a day and a half ago that Affleck's going to be brought in to do a Batman thing. Oh, wow, okay, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, but it'll be um, Miller's Batman, I think, mm. with large on cinematic screen or you know even if they do it as a, a Batman series for HBO yeah can you imagine how cool that would be yeah 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 a Batman TV series of Ben Affleck you know, putting him oh god yeah, that, yeah. Would that would just be that would just be like, that would make my year <laughs> <laughs> what do you think they get so wrong with um, the DC movie I, I have no idea they get it exactly right with the TV shows they get wrong in front of. I think it's a case of let's throw as much as we can at the uh, as much money as we can at the wall and see what's going to stick and hardly any of it sticks I mean Aquaman made a lot of money but it's not a great film yeah um, yeah, not a great film it's more of an aftershave advert it's more what? it's like an aftershave advert it's just too many <laughs> 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 it's like the bro, like the bro show just like the Jason Momoa flexed his yeah. And there's there's no chemistry between the leads in that film. There's no chemistry no, between no. Jason Momoa and Amber Heard at no. all. No, no. Um, I mean, if I had to choose DC movies I like, Wonder Woman, brilliant. Yeah. But Shazam, Shazam is, is someone else. Shazam's Shazam great. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. That's the uh, that's the anomaly. Yeah, it's it's really good. So if they stick to like, just give all the money to the guy who made Shazam and say make some more of these. Sometimes they um, they know that he's a good-looking guy, and they they take advantage of that a bit, you know. Yeah, yeah. But why not? Like, you know, I mean, if I, if I looked like that, I'd be taking advantage of it every single day of my life. I wouldn't wear I wouldn't wear clothes. <laughs> <laughs> no, neither would I. You know, if I'd be like, don't look at me. It would be like I'd just move over, look at me. So I'd have to cringe and hide away. Yeah. So we switch up a bit now and let's uh, talk some records, shall we?
Yeah, so um, 16, for those who don't know, uh, Sludge Band from, I want to say California? California. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, San, San Diego. They released what I consider to be the greatest Sludge Metal record of all time, right? which is a record called Dropout, and it's yeah. 24 years old, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they've not eased up since. The records are just brutal, they're uncompromising, they are... They celebrate the darker side of life. There's, if you're looking for happy go lucky bouncy bouncy tunes, don't, don't buy a 16 record. No, no. Um, <laughs> the latest album, Dream Squasher, just follows that trend. It's just power, brutality, power, brutality, crushing riffs, agonized vocals, thunderous rhythms. It's just everything you want from a from an alternative metal record. It's wonderful. It's, it's, proper, it's proper sludge, how you wanted it, how, you, how you'd expect it to be. There's no sort of... Oh, yeah. There's no, like, oh, you know, we've done this sort of avant-garde bit in the middle. It's just going to rip your face off. <laughs> yes! From beginning to end, it's like, what do you want to do now? We're going to cut your face off with some sludge. What do you want to do now? Yeah. Get my hammer, I'm going to beat you to death, beat you to death, beat you to death. <laughs> so, um, bring out the bridge, that's with a hammer like and hit someone the head with. Otherwise, no one has a 16 record. <laughs> I mean, they've been on, uh, they're on relapse, um, and they've been around for like since the early 90s. It's just, they never reached, the, yeah. they never broke through that, I don't know, like I God did, like, you know? Um, and they're better yeah. than I God. thing is, they, they're always, they've always teetered on the brink of collapse because they've got personal issues and addiction yeah. issues. And there was one chance we had to see them, and it was like 2000 and. Two maybe, okay. I think. And they were, they were playing. They were supposed to play Swansea, and okay. on the morning of the show, they cancelled. And they never played them. That's the only chance they ever had to see them. Who was that with? Was that somebody? somebody I, was that somebody else playing with them? I'm. I don't even remember who I was supposed to play with them. I, to, to be honest, it didn't really bother me or who didn't really care. I think Jim Bob from Tate had something to do with all the writing the show, and they let him down. And uh, okay. There's something to do with that. Um, I think, if memory serves me correctly, it's something yeah. like that. Um, but don't quote me on it. Because <laughs> it's, uh, you know, old and, you know, took lots of beer in lockdown, so my memory is quite what it was. <laughs> <laughs> so we can fully recommend that. We can get behind that, yeah? Dream Squasher. Yeah. Oh, um, Dream Squasher by 16 on relapse. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just a monster of a record. Get and on everybody it. should know. Get on it. And then we've got uh, the new Chromance record uh, in the beginning. Right. I haven't listened to it yet. Uh, I'll give it the, the one through. It's uh, it's good. It's, it's not sort of major quarrel, but nothing is. So it's sort of yeah. best wishes style, you know? Right. Uh, more of that sort of thing. It's got Rocky jo- you got Rocky George playing on it, which is a big thing. I've I missed Rocky, you know, Rocky's guitar. Right. It's it's more of that sort of thrashy metal rather than sort of, you know, in-your-face hardcore punk, you know? Yeah. I mean, Harley's a great song like that. I will not take that away from Harley. No, that's right, yeah. But, um, so they, they just released a video as well, yeah? Yeah, that was super yeah. And the video is Harley walking around New York, sort of lip-syncing to this track. Yeah. Now, my problem with that is that Harley, it's a chromatic video, it's a Harley fanning video. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just feels like 
Harley thinks he is the Crow Marks and the Crow Marks is Harley. You know, are yeah. they a band or is it just Harley's solo project? What do they think? That video makes you look like it's just Harley's solo project. It's a good song ruined by a bad video. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that doesn't surprise right. me. They don't feel like a band anymore. I mean, okay, they got Rocky. Yeah. They got Rocky in there, but I think he's just a hired gun, you know. Um, yeah, so Harley and hired gun, so it's an actual band. I, I, I so don't know. on this one, it's the one video. Yeah, it's it's um it's the band that's been playing with him on the last sort of you know couple of EPs. Uh, Rocky George, right. uh, I forgot the other guys, but um, it's not it's that band. But yeah, as you say, I'm not sure if they do the touring. And not in the video. Now I understand he's probably done this video in lockdown, um, but it, it comes across. Well, as... How did we walk around New York if it's in lockdown? Well, yeah, I know. I mean, that's what it. I don't know. That's perhaps, perhaps not. I could be wrong, but that's what it feels yeah. like. I mean, it doesn't feel like a band. And it's just a shame because Harley writes some amazing music. He really yeah, yeah. does, you know. And of all the people, you know. You ever see anyway? You always feel like Harley's constantly trying to be better than he is. You know, he's always trying to be a better man. He's yeah. always trying to improve himself. He's definitely a trier, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I've had the odds stacked against him so many times and he's overcome them. I just feel like this video is a step backwards for him. Yeah. Which yeah. is why I haven't the record yet. And it's just, you know, you can be better than this, Harley. You are better than this. So just, you know, Show it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Much. I mean, musically, you, you still got it, it's still there, but he just needs to sort of. I wish yeah. he could. I wish he could nail down a band that we knew the members of, and that is the new Chromags. I think people could get yeah. behind that then. Yeah. You know, you never. What well, I wish is that he sit down with JJ and they sit on whatever beef they've got and just do it like it's supposed to be. They don't have to be the best of friends. They just have to work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Together. Yeah. Get have a working relationship, sort of thing. Yeah. They don't have to mates, they don't have to hang out outside the band. As long as they're making music, that instant magnetism yeah. chemistry they have works, they should do it. But again, why would JJ do that when Blood Clot's so incredible? Exactly, yeah. That last Blood Clot record is the record the Chromag should have written after Age of Quarrel. Yeah, agreed, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that is brilliant. Yeah, I mean, you know, JJ's always going to be the voice of Chromags. As far as um, yeah. uh, we're concerned, either, anyway, isn't it? But, um, you know, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's not what I'm saying. Harley doesn't bring anything. Harley definitely brings yeah. something. Nobody plays bass like Harley, you know? He's, uh, he's made to yeah. that sort of music. But JJ, JJ is one of the nicest guys I've ever met. I just love to ride the bit like Yeah, yeah. And, um, so I don't know. You're, you're the whole realm of pain with all the Cormac's. Which is probably why I'm reluctant to listen to the new Chromax record. Well, I mean, I will, because it's a Chromax, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, it'll always be compared. Just, uh, it'll always, you know, it'll always be what if, and it'll always be compared yeah. to Age of Quarrel. And... Absolutely. So Absolutely. for that reason, I'll give, yeah. like, I don't know, I'll give it like a 6, 7 out of 10. Oh, okay, okay. I'll go about that. That's, yeah. that's a reasonable physical. I mean, so but talking about going hardcore band, I believe you spoke to Ash Return. I did speak to Ash Return, yeah. I spoke to uh, Tank from Ash Return. Lovely right, guy. Okay. Absolutely lovely guy. Um, got to speak to him um, last week. Um, you've spoken you to him before, haven't you? What's that? You've spoken to him before, haven't you? Have you spoken to Tank before? Uh, yeah, I spoke to Tank 
someone is in Mirzan, so I mean, I know the guys from Mirzan, so it, it's just that. And that I thought, uh, <coughs> when Mirzan spent, they wouldn't be able to release a record that came anywhere near what Mirzan was. The last returns album is just wow. Yeah. We've, took, we've spoken about it before because it's just one of those records that takes you by surprise, just kicks you in the nuts and keeps on stamping on your face like it's just amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely yeah, brilliant record. Um, there's obviously a big yeah. Ignite um, influence there, but in which they fully admit, I mean, being called Ash Return, but it's sort of, they got those uh, sort of Iron Maiden Gallopy riffs, but without being sort of pretentious yeah. as well. And uh, Sorry, it was Johnny I spoke to, not, not Tank, it was uh, Johnny Labomba. Oh. Uh, from Easy Ocean Glowful, isn't he? Yeah, this is the interview with uh, Johnny from Ash Return. Hello, this is Johnny from uh, Ash Return. I'm sorry, I wasn't probably fast enough to get on the phone. That's okay, no problem. Nice to meet you. Uh, and you. <laughs> so I'll go from the start then. You guys formed in 2019, I believe, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, so yeah, for those who don't know about you, for those who don't know anything about you, can you tell us a little bit about the Ash Return? Okay, so you didn't know the guys before you joined the band then, no? Not really. It was like, uh, well, I, I knew, I knew Myozin, um, partly, and uh, my original band, Gloryful, uh, the heavy metal band, where we there, um, they have the album, and they knew the music, but, but um, we had no direct contact with each other. And, um, it was probably a funny situation because ah you're the singer of you from Glorifor yeah probably I am probably and <laughs> ah maybe probably this, this could match probably somehow probably and uh, we had no idea probably about the output probably about the outcome um, and um, the final product of the at least of the end uh, we were absolutely probably blown away because of the it's absolutely probably beyond the expectation that we had before and um, yeah we are absolutely happy with it. Okay, so um, when um, the band approached you, or when you got, I mean, were they purposely looking for a vocalist with um, a with a metal range, if you like? Sorry, but we can I have the question once again. Sorry, um, when so when you joined the band, I mean, were they the guys looking for a metal vocalist rather than a hardcore vocalist, if you like? Um, I guess. 
I guess probably in the second quarter of 2019, yeah. there was the, um, um, the posting of you on Facebook. And um, I guess one week probably after the posting, probably they, probably they called me probably. And um, yeah, I guess everything was fixed probably after two weeks after the after the posting, I mean, then I probably sent them with the demo tape, and um, I felt probably that the guys were not really looking probably, for a uh, heavy metal uh, singer. Probably it's like um, I think probably they were quite shocked when their former singer probably left the band because nobody expected probably that um, okay. that Cody probably would leave, and um, so probably there was like. A, the whole song material was already finished, but the album, except uh, the singing and the vocals. And um, so they were just looking for an alternative opportunity to finish the songs. And um, I don't know, but I, I think they have probably no big picture in mind after all. It's like probably just uh, they have. Uh, okay, these are the songs, and it would be nice if we could have a singer that sounds like Kudu. And, um, yeah, okay, like I said, I mean, we had no idea about the output, probably, what, what would it sound like, what would it be probably, at the end, probably. and, um, yeah, probably, when I came to the band, probably, um, it was like, okay, it sounds a little bit like Ignite, it sounds a little bit like, um, Metalcore, the typical metalcore, yeah. a little bit like heavy, like uh, a part of heavy metal in it. Um, and so uh, there was uh, this um, name, sort, this genre name, Swordcore was born, probably in a way. Probably, okay. <laughs> some, somehow the definition of it, uh, our definition of, okay, probably it's not exactly hardcore, probably but it's not exactly heavy metal, probably it's somewhere in between, probably this is like probably our definition of it. Probably I, I, don't, I don't want to take it that serious because well, we all we, we don't take us that serious at all. Probably, but uh, it's like uh, if you'd like to have a name for it, probably, okay, then it's sort gone. That's the meaning of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned um, uh, ignite. I mean, obviously the name Ash Return um, suggests <laughs> there's an influence there. Were you guys heavily influenced by ignite? I mean, I don't. I, I really like probably Tony Tekla, uh, probably the singing style probably, of him, probably, but um, I can copy that. Probably. It's, um, I just can interpret it in my singing style probably, somehow, probably, because probably, he has a very unique voice and um, an absolutely unique spirit probably, in, probably, in the singing style. Probably. This is something that nobody can copy. Yeah, agreed. Um, but to be sure, probably, probably, he has probably some inspiration on me uh, that that I used to bring in the songs um, but probably this is probably not an ob- obvious process so it's like uh, I have the song probably, and uh, I try to think of about a singing line probably, or, or, or hook, some, some kind of a hook line and um, it, it simply probably comes out of it this is probably nothing but the obvious of that I'm thinking about okay how would Okay, so I mean, coming from the uh, the metal background, you were in Gloryville. Yeah. 
Did it? Were you met with any new challenges joining this band? Did you have to adapt your style at all for Ash Return? Not really. I mean, um, I mean, the um, show, sure, the, the songwriting process, probably is uh, complete different probably to Glory for or it's like on her in. I mean, it really depends probably on the distances that we have of between probably, uh, the band members. Probably, uh, I live my hometown of is around about 300 kilometers uh, from uh, from Ash, from the rest of the Ash Return guys. And so uh, we're doing many things um, with Dropbox and productions uh, and stuff like that. And in Glorifold, it's like probably, I'm 100% of in the songwriting process. In Ash Return, it's more like I'm getting the songs. Uh, I can make probably notes. Probably I can uh, state my points of of changing the rhythm of, of the songs but mostly of the songs we are already finished and i just have to uh, to fix and uh, to create a singing line uh, lyrics um and stuff like that but okay. quite different but uh, from from the style of the ideas that that i have for as return it's it's nearly the same it's um like sometimes we have uh, really caught what we in the stuff like uh gang shouts, sing-along uh, parts, and uh, things like that. Bobby, this is what, what I really like to have in the song, Bobby, that, um, yeah, on, on the debut album, it's like in nearly every song, Bobby, is a hook line, Bobby, that, uh, that yeah. Yeah, I mean, you mean... Yeah, of course, yeah. You mentioned the uh, the debut album. It's out now. It's entitled The Sharp Blade of Integrity. Um, it's got a classic hardcore sound, but there's also sort of old school sort of metal riffing in there as well. Um, I mean, are those guys into metal as well? Yeah, I, I think every member of the has some kind of a, of a metal um, experience or, yeah. or, or metal past. So especially uh, our guitarist, um, Kniffel, he, he's... He, he, he definitely looks like a metal guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the stage acting, moshing, and yeah. banging. <laughs> and he definitely is. It's like when when we first met us in the rehearsal room, it was like, ah, oh, you are more looking like a death metal guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah I am. <laughs> well, I mean, Myozan had sort of metal, you know, influences, didn't they? I mean, they weren't sort of straight up hardcore. There were some definitely metal influences there as well. Yeah, yeah, but sure. I, I mean, um, the, um, I think if you would like to describe the uh, Myosin of uh, Ash Return, um, it, it's like be this this nineties hardcore thing. Be it's like bands like Strife or the Earth Crisis. Yeah, Earth Crisis and bands like that. Yeah. Yeah, but in, 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 sure. I mean, the uh, hardcore bands of the nineties are definitely definitely yeah, have a uh, metal experience or more metal experience like. Hardcore, yeah, like for sure. Yeah, hardcore. and um, yeah, like that's what we are. Most of us are metalheads from the past. I think uh, Frank's uh, all time favorite band of his Kiss. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's like, uh, um, what, what, what the funny thing is, so we all members, so like also Kniffel of Egal, but they all have of a seller with uh, their uh, LP collection. And um, I, I, I think probably the, the, the biggest part of the of LPs that they have probably are show sure, 80s punk. Um, okay. But probably a very probably a 
but also what we uh, a bunch of we of metal of the LPs like um, classical of Iron Maiden, Kiss, Judas Priest, um, and yeah. sure you could hear that of the end. Probably, probably on the debut album. Yeah, that definitely comes through. Yeah, some of the, the riffing is great on there. Some of the riffs on there is awesome. Thank you. My my favorite track on the album is actually uh, "Drowning Tears." I, I thought there was so much passion in that track. Can you tell us a little bit about that track? Yeah, um, "Drowning Tears" uh, was uh, probably a song of uh, mainly what we've written by Frank, okay. and uh, also what we the lyrics of the Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's such a great track. How has the the band been coping since the uh, the coronavirus outbreak? Are you guys still in lockdown or? It's, it's unfortunate, but it's necessary, isn't it? It's something we all got to do. Absolutely, Bobby. But I, I see the need, Bobby, and um, the urgency, Bobby, behind this, Bobby, and so, Bobby, that uh, nobody, Bobby, is angry about Bobby, the situation. But, Bobby, sure, Bobby, for us, Bobby, it's fucked up because we, are, we were really looking forward to playing the show, Bobby. Like, um, the, the plan was to play every song Bobby, of the album. Um, and Bobby, maybe Bobby, some cover songs on the end. Uh, yeah, but we're having probably a big party on the release show, but like mm-hmm. I don't think that, that that this will happen this year. But maybe but we can come together next year. I, yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, you plan you planning on touring the album? I take it, yeah. Sorry. Are you planning on a tour after? I mean, when this all blows over, are you planning on touring Europe or UK or? Yeah, on, on, yeah, on, 
this depends on many on the virus. So yeah, so yeah. We are, we are, we are totally up in the air. But we and I, I think that we, the whole scene, uh, not only the scene, but we the whole industry, but we are, but we about events, but we about concerts, but we about artists, but we is like uh, hanging up in the air. I mean, one thing that I was thinking about, but we absolutely impossible that uh, Wacken would be cancelled this year. But there was totally, I, don't, I was not imagining but that this would happen one day, but I don't expect that uh, everything will be normal next year. But I think we will be slightly going into standard. But, um, it's going to be a gradual process, isn't it? It's, uh, you know, they're not going to just open everything straight away. It's going to be a gradual process, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I think what we said, maybe what we, uh, we can talk about, uh, uh, tour business, what we, and what we, concerts, what we, that's what we, and in, in the way that we knew it before, we, yeah. 20, 2021, maybe. Yeah, that's right. July, but not, not, not sooner, what we then, than that. Okay, so um, to, to finish it off then, a bit of a fun question. If you could put together a dream package tour with Ash Return and three other bands, who would you choose? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're asking me what we have as a metalhead or as a hardcore what we got? Uh, either. Go on, you choose. doesn't matter. Both good. Okay, what we, maybe what we, I would give a, a tour package of a wide range of, of, of music styles. Um, I would really love what we do to go to be on tour. For example, Agnostic Front, one of my absolute yeah. all-time favorite bands. Yeah. Um, and uh, 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 <laughs> I, I'm a Judas Priest fan. Yes. You know, I mean, this, this is an absolutely from yeah, utopian <laughs> package. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'd be a great tour. I think it'd be great. <laughs> Besides the music, I really, I really would enjoy the time to talk with these guys. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Fucking well paid for it, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, legend. <laughs> okay, well, it's been lovely to talk to you. It's been great to talk to you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for your time. Thank you too, Chris. All right, hopefully see. I hopefully see you um, after all this has blown over, and hopefully see you on tour. We'll see, but I'll let you know when it happens. Excellent. <laughs> Thanks, Johnny. Take care. Bye bye now. If you're looking for the best new bands punk and hardcore have to offer, look no further than Engineer Records, sponsors of Mass Movement Presents. Okay, so that was, uh, that was Ash Return. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all we got to do now, Tim, is some shout outs. Well, that's all right, as usual. Shout out Matthew, shout out to Engineer Records and David for, you know, thank you for sponsoring us because it's. Really appreciated. Um, we love that a bit. Yeah, if there's yeah. out there that want to sponsor us, we'd love to hear from you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Anybody, yeah. We're always well, open. We're going to have a Patreon page up soon, so um, there'll be lots of sort of incentives to sort of get behind Mass Movement if that's the thing you want to do, um, which will be coming soon. Uh, we'll have details to be soon, but um, yeah, loads of great incentives for you to sort of keep this, this podcast going and sort of get something a bit special for yourself. So. Um, that'll be coming up in the next uh, couple of weeks. Yeah, so I, I'd like to thank uh, Johnny from Ash Return. It was a, a great uh, interview. What have we got coming up, Tim? We got next week. I got we got an interview with Azazel. 
Just want to do a massive shout out to 16 because, you know, they have been keeping their faith for nearly 30 years and those guys just rule. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah, and the new record is, is, is crushing. You should, uh, we fully recommend you pick that up on Relapse. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, tons of exciting stuff coming up, so just keep tuning in and listen to Last Movement. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And that's about it from us. We'll see you next time. Movement presents. Movement presents.